This week's one-off, Riverdale, Season 1, Episode 7, In a Lonely Place. Were you an Archie fan growing up? Because I'm going to guess. Okay. I'm going to guess that you... I'm going to guess. Can I guess? I might already know this, and that's why my guess is going to be correct. But (laughs) if I didn't know this, and I was just like, guess, based on what I know about you, uh, I would guess that, no, you were not an Archie fan. I I mean, I guess my response to the question is, are there Archie comics fans? (laughs) Oh, yeah, there are. What? Oh, yeah. No. There's some Archie fans out there. But, like, Archie isn't, like... Iron Man or Batman or Wonder Woman or yes the he is Man. no <laughs> yes he is there are Archie fans man I went to school one of my best friends in high school was an Archie fan like insane Archie fan had stacks of them loved them loved Archie it was like his comfort food of reading but that's the thing like an Archie comic is a 20 second read at best there's really no merit to the visuals and so like what is the how it's a thing that you give a small child to distract them before we had iPads. But, you know, the, some people would say the same thing is true of uh, other comic book heroes. They're just simple distracting things like is an Iron Man story in a comic book really worth reading? Well, I mean, some of them have uh, an artistic depth to them, I would say. I mean, some of them are popcorn, but I can't say that prior to watching this I had ever considered... Uh, the Archie comic universe to really have any particular depth to it. I'm not going to argue with you on that point (laughs) because I don't think anyone has ever thought that the Archie universe has like a lot of depth in it. (laughs) But I mean, the fact that doesn't mean there aren't fans of it. Like the people are fans of pogs. There's no depth to pogs or fidget spinners. There's no depth to those. Okay, like pogs is a bad example. That is a game with layers and complexity depending (laughs) on the material of your pogs and the material of your slammers. But I understand. So uh, so to answer the question, you were not an Archie fan then? Definitely not. No, I I can't even... like I, I couldn't even pretend. I barely know the names of more than a couple of the characters. Yeah, did you read the comics ever? I mean, I know that I read them, but I read them in that casual way that kids distracted at a cash register read an Archie comic, you know? Yeah, like it's the only ones I remember are like the short ones. Like like it's like a two-pager yeah. type in the middle of the strip or something. Like, Because I, I don't think I ever read an entire book straight through from start to finish because... I mean, I mean, first of all, I wasn't really a comic book fan growing up. Yeah. Uh, but second of all, Archie comics were like the, like the, the why why read those? <laughs> I'll read Chatelaine before I'd read an Archie comic in line. Yeah, that's kind of how it it felt to me. Uh, and like I know a few years ago they did that the death of Archie Andrews thing, where mm. they were having him die I, can't, I don't even know the whole story but like he was gonna die in some heroic fashion mm. Mm. and well i i didn't read it but it was the first time that i went wait archie comics can tell stories like they're not little like aesop's fables for for our generation but yeah i mean i might be wrong but i feel like i remember reading them in like double bubble comics but i think i'm wrong i think i'm making it up because it, that's the way I remember seeing Archie's, like super small, short, little bits. 
with Archie and Jughead and Jughead's eating a bunch of hamburgers. And like, I think I know the general characters pretty well. Not the tertiary characters. Like, I don't remember the name of the teacher or anything like that. Yeah. And this is embarrassing, but I always mix up which one's Betty and which one's Veronica. Okay, come on. Veronica is obviously... I don't even... Like, Veronica's Veronica and Betty is the girl next door. Like, that's... <sighs> I'm disappointed in you, Dave. Well, you know, you want to know why? Can I tell you why? This is, this is sort of embarrassing and may shine a bad light on my youth. <laughs> when, when I was a teenager, a friend of mine would refer to um, the like like skateboard chicks. <laughs> I guess that's what we called them, women who skateboard. Uh, when we were teenagers, he'd refer to them as Betty's. Oh, based on the Archie comic, that Betty was obviously the the better of Betty and Veronica, and therefore, if you're a skateboard girl, you're a Betty. And that was like a phrase that he would use all the time. So to me, I was like, oh, Betty's the, the one in the Archie comics that you everyone want, like likes. So she must be the brunette because I'm brunette. Brunettes are the best. Like this is my, this is my thought process. Uh, so I always just assumed Betty was the brunette and Veronica was the blonde. And I was totally wrong. I was totally wrong. Is there even a brunette? I thought Veronica had, had black hair. Yeah, sorry, yeah, the dark hair, dark hair versus light hair. So, black, brown, brunette, black hair, same thing. So one of your further problems is your inability to distinguish colors. And uh... Well, that comes from the fact that I don't really have brown hair, but on my driver's license forever it has said brown. Huh. Well, why don't you... Because I, I don't think black hair is an option. I'm sure black hair is an option. I'm pretty sure it was like brown or blonde or red. I, okay, that's absurd. You you're making stuff up. You can you can okay. definitely put black hair on your driver's license. Well, next time I go to renew it, I'm going to ask. <laughs> can I have my actual hair color represented? It's gray <laughs> with some black. Yeah, in it. gray. Yeah, black with some gray in it. <laughs> anyway, so neither of us really read RG comics, eh? That's neat. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't really know what to expect coming into this because. The idea, I mean, it's kind of like a couple years ago when they made a movie based on uh, the Battleship game. You're like, how do you turn that into something for two and a half hours? Mm, yeah. And how do you turn this into a a longer series? And uh, Yeah, I mean, the difference being I understand Battleship really well. I'm very good at that game. <laughs> it, it's true, but but you still wouldn't be, you wouldn't think, you know what, I can turn that, that game into a a movie would you turn the game battleship into a movie yeah Yeah. how would i well i'm just like that's not your first thought with what you would do like if you were gonna write a movie you it would take you a long time before you got to let's look at childhood board games yeah for a minute there i thought you were asking me how i would adapt it and it would be awesome but (laughs) but no you're right i I had no idea what to expect going into this either because like uh, what I know about it was that it's Archie, but kind of gritty. Yeah. You know, which I was like, oh, that could be kind of cool. But okay, well, here, here's here's the other question I have for you about this show. Mm-hmm. Juxtaposition. Is it always, does it always work? Because <laughs> I, I feel like uh, I'm a huge fan of juxtaposition, showing two things that are like contrasting together for effect, like, like a... Like having a gunfight with Christmas music playing, right. you know, like like that sort of thing. I love I love the idea of juxtaposing something like positive and something dark and gritty. And I don't know. So for, 
did did is that what they were doing in the show? Did you sense the juxtaposition, or was it or was it weird? Ah, uh, I mean, I didn't. It it didn't feel like they were trying to juxtapose kind of the very light bubblegum feel of the Archie universe with the the gritty teenage reality of a CW show. Like it didn't. I didn't feel that it was a juxtaposition in that way. Yeah, I guess that's I guess that's probably the best way to say it. It wasn't really juxtaposition or juxtaposing because like that's what I expected. I think going in was that there'd be a great a fun juxtaposition there, but it was just a it wasn't that at all. It was almost like a, a a drama with a kid named Jughead. Yeah, that's the thing. Like they, I had kind of imagined something more along the lines of like the characters out of Pleasantville in that very unreal, lovely niceness. Uh, and but in in a more real setting so you take the the hyper hyper comic book caricatures of Archie and Jughead and Betty and Veronica and you dump them into a darker setting but that's Mm -hmm. I mean these what was interesting for me about watching this is it seemed to feel a lot like a teenager would 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 describe their life does that make sense I think so, because I, I, I had a similar feeling in like a John Hughesian way of like, this is, it, it's not, it's not real life. It's the life uh, that these characters would tell you it is like a fantasy life almost. Yeah, yeah. It, it, very, John Hughes is a great reference point there because the teenagers with kind of a, on the sharpness of a knife's edge as they're telling their own story, as opposed mm-hmm. to an outsider watching teenagers which is a different kind of story altogether yeah and like yeah it was um because like all of the adults in the show are definitely idealized versions of adults Mm -hmm. like the coopers which i could not get over every time they said alice cooper (laughs) because i was like Um, but it was just uh, Betty's mom. Um, but uh, like there was like two, uh, like they were like this perfect, nice yet mean parents, uh, and like the the redhead family. What were they called? The Andrews. Not Archie's. Oh, but, oh, the Blossoms. Sorry. The Blossoms. Yeah, the Blossoms were like clearly like rich and evil, you know. Uh, and it was like they were very, and and then not only the parents but also the the minor characters. We're all super idealized versions of, of like a. I mean, I'm going to say Jughead's reality, but who, who, the main character's realities, because um, I sort of saw the, the whole thing kind of through Jughead. But um, like the redhead evil girl, Blossom, mm-hmm. Shirley. I don't the the daughter. I don't remember her name. Yeah, the one who kind of betrayed her family. Yeah. For the yeah, she also fell, fell into that like fantasy version of a teenage character. Yeah. Yeah, and making the right decision uh, in, in a very teenage sort of way. You know, the the break from the parents, despite the fact that she is very much her, her parents' daughter, and she breaks with them in order to do this one good deed at the moment where it's it's most important. It, uh, mm-hmm. it, it had that drama of teenagehood to it. Yeah, and then Jughead was a little more real, but still, like, pretty dramatic. But, like, <laughs> a little less... Uh, fantasy teenager, but more like, hey, that's a teenager. He would live in a janitor's closet. Sure, I get it. <laughs> yeah, he lo- he seemed like the Harry Potter of Riverdale High for a little bit there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know? I mean, uh, hashtag uh, 
jacket <laughs> rules. I don't know. Okay. Uh. <laughs> well, but like you, you've pointed to one of the things that I actually really loved about this is that like the stylized television is very much my bag. I, mm-hmm. I am a big fan of a show or a movie or a director that takes on a visual language. Someone like Quentin Tarantino or Sofia Coppola or shows like Hannibal or True Detective where it's not just about the characters, it's not just about the plot, it's about how we see the characters and how we see the plot and how we see the setting and how that tells the story in itself. And I don't like I don't know if this show quite gets there, but it felt like they're it feels like they're kind of grasping for a visual language in this show and it it it's it looked interesting to me. Hmm. I I agree. I think the look of the show is great. I think uh, one moment that's, that I remember that I was like, they really put like they they really tried to make this look a certain way. It was it was a conversation between Betty and uh, maybe her mom. I don't know. And it would be a wide shot, and then it would cut to like a close up on Betty, and then it would go back to the wide shot, and it kind of jump back and forth a couple times. And every time it went to a close up on Betty, it was like there was there was smoke in front of the camera or something. Like it was a little like smokier. Mm-hmm on the close-up uh, as opposed to the far away. And I, I was like, yeah, it gives it this like gritty film noir kind of feel. And they were, are going for that everywhere else you see it. Yeah, yeah. And and I, it, it's one of the more impressive things about this show, I think, is is it's not... I mean, they didn't just take the, the comic, which I think Archie comics have been around since like the 40s, but they didn't... I think since, yeah, the 1840s. <laughs> But I, I think they didn't just take the the language that has been developed in those comics over time. They created something new uh, and and interesting, really adapting it well for a moving medium. And and I don't know. I I just really enjoyed the look of this uh, this show. I, I think that if nothing else, I'm gonna keep watching it to follow the way that they develop the style visually. Yeah, I think I, I'm curious to see. If, because this episode was very film noir, mm-hmm. even down to the point that it was told in in uh, a first person monologue, uh, bookended it yep. from Jughead, uh, using very poetic language, <laughs> and like uh, I think one of the lines that <laughs> hope a word close to home and just as tricky, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> it's just one letter off of home. I get it. Um, <laughs> And even like the way that they were talking about Polly, they talked about her shameful condition, her being pregnant, and like yeah. it. I don't know whether the entire series is it's shot as a film noir, but they it they nailed it. That's the thing is I'm curious now because this was this episode was recommended to us. Is like was it recommended because it's shot like a film noir and the rest of the series is not? Like I have no idea. So I feel like uh, our interpretation of the show based on this one episode could be so wrong. Totally. I hope it is all shot like a film noir. Um it felt kind of like a cross between Gotham and Twin Peaks and Archie and Degrassi High. All put together. That's what it kind of felt like to me. This is weird like, you know, uh uh, who killed Jason Blossom? Jason, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it does have that, that Twin Peaks kind of. Now that you say it, I really, 
Just like a weird mystery, you know, like a mystery, but everything's kind of weird about it because it's high school kids named Archie and Jughead and has a daughter, has a little sister named Jellybean. Well, and that was one of the hard parts about watching this for me is taking seriously dramatic conversations about, you know, the, the, the falling apart of the Jones family and the daughter Mm -hmm. named Jellybean. Yeah, And I like towards halfway through the episode when Jughead says, yeah, she wants to be called JB now. And I'm like, thank goodness. JB actually sounds (laughs) like a name. She thinks it's more mature. (laughs) Although she's a 10-year-old and she listens to Pink Floyd on vinyl. I don't know how much more mature she can be. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. She's more mature than I am. Yeah, that was a good line. (laughs) Did you ever watch uh, The O.C. at all? I I imagine you hadn't. I'm going to let you guess. No, you did not watch it. I haven't. How did you know? <laughs> I I watched very little of it, but the the feel that I got from watching it was was that it was a show, it was a it was a teen drama about these dramatic teenagers who who had all these dramatic things going on in their lives and the the drama of it kept getting progressively more and more and the characters were they, they weren't versions of them, the teenagers as teenagers would tell themselves. They were these weird cardboard cutouts of teenagers. Mm-hmm. And watching this, I, I'm just kind of shocked at how different, and I think this might have even been on this, this might be the same network, the CW, that this... So this was Warner Brothers. Maybe it's what, what I think they're... I think it's the same network that does it, but I was shocked by the difference between what the OC was a decade ago mm-hmm. in in how mature this feels compared to watching the OC. Mm, yeah. Like this... I, I, I wouldn't feel guilty watching this. This just... This has... This has depth and interestingness to it and, uh, and was enjoyable. Hmm. Whereas a lot of the teen drama just feels very heavy and dramatic. This story revolves around the the death of the the quarterback, but it's not just about that. They have they have their own lives and their own stories that they're interacting with that are different le- levels of complex. And it was interesting to watch. Yeah, I mean, each character does feel like they're they're handling a, their own um, teen issue, like teen family issue. Uh, each character represents one of those teen family issues, but then blown to a bigger proportion so that it's more dramatic. Like, like uh, Ronnie, sorry, Veronica, and her mom are fighting. Yeah, right about lying to each other, and they they they're the uh, what, what's the last name of their family again? I can't remember. But the, the, this is this is what we do: we parry and we we faint, and they're fighting with each other. Uh, and so it's like that classic, you know, mother daughter fighting relationship that teenagers deal with but blown to this proportion where dad's in jail and they've been cut off and they're broke and like all this this like impossible stuff uh and jughead of course is the you know the deadbeat dad and uh archie's dealing with like the i guess he is he didn't really have much this episode (laughs) getting to know his dad i don't know and betty with her controlling parents and her sister who's pregnant and all that kind of stuff and then uh, so like every character's kind of dealing with a teen issue that's been expanded to so, so that's where it felt a little like Degrassi High to me. Yeah, um, was that it was about teen issues, but then there's this murder that's affecting everybody. Yeah, I, the thing about Degrassi High, and I hadn't even thought of that show uh, at all. But the thing about Degrassi is that 
it doesn't feel as as honest in in the way that a teenager views themselves or, or it never did for me Degrassi yeah. yeah no no never never it was always kind of too too good to be true or whatever too cheesy yeah yeah whereas is, this feels honest in in that it is how teenagers view themselves or it it is this vague it gives me this vague recollection of how I viewed myself as a teenager you know how everything was very dramatic and serious and and all these all these moments mattered a great deal even when they were the kinds of things that everyone was going through yeah hmm can we talk about casting for a second definitely there's only two people cast in this show that had any effect on me really uh by the from the casting perspective cuz like everyone else was like oh yeah that's Archie that's Jughead cool that they did great I don't know who any of them are, whatever. But first of all, uh, Luke Perry, what a great, <laughs> what a great casting choice! <laughs> wow, I hadn't even like I I know exactly. I my mind is that was Luke Perry. I know immediately. <laughs> Did you it's notice? Apparent to me. I'm I'm sitting there the whole movie going. I know who this is, but I can't quite place. <laughs> wow, it's Luke Perry who was in another teen show, Nine Hundred Two and Zero. Yeah, uh, so. But he's all grown up now. And so it's like passing the torch on to this other group of young people. Although 90210 was, I think they eventually got out of high school, but whatever. Like, I don't even know if they were in high school. I think they were for a while. But whatever. Uh, the, the Luke Perry sort of brought this this history of, of that kind of show. Yeah. But also, it, as like a gritty show with like a dead, he, he, he was kind of a deadbeat dad. Yeah. But not deadbeat, just more like blue collar, you know, like he was a working hard construction worker guy. But because it's Luke Perry, you you know he's the good guy. Well, right, he he's good. You like him. Yeah, like he's you can trust his face. You know you can trust that guy. I mean, I I get the feeling that the story that more of the story is going to about be about how Archie comes to distrust his father. Uh, I think mm. that's his character's arc in some ways, which we didn't get much in this because this seemed. Uh, seemed someone else's episode altogether but you're right the luke perry casting gives comes with a lot of baggage to it and and we've talked about this before things like sigourney weaver in cabin in the woods or uh yeah legacy casting it's it's a brilliant brilliant tool uh which is the other thing is is jughead's dad yeah did you recognize him i again i recognized him but i couldn't place him it took me a long time because at first I thought he was the guy who played 3XK in the Castle TV show. You're, you're right. But, but that wasn't him. That totally wasn't him. wasn't him. But I thought it was for so long and it wasn't him. It's the guy from Scream. The guy from... Oh, the, the boyfriend. The boyfriend who, ends up who being is like one of the murderers. Yeah, because there's two of them that are the killers, right? Oh, spoiler. Right? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Spoiled Scream. Uh-huh. It's a 23-year-old movie. But... um. But yeah, he's the guy from from Scream, uh, which makes him immediately seem like a, uh, a a liar and a bad guy. Yeah, and he was, and so it was this nice like uh, those those two characters. I was like, good choice on the casting for both of these characters because I immediately don't trust him, and I immediately trust him just because of the actor. Yeah, yeah, no, the the casting in this was all fairly. Uh, I mean, you're, I think you're right in most of the characters. You're like, I have no idea who you are. You seem like a teenage-ish actor who is probably actually <laughs> <You're> 23. <laughs> yeah, you're doing a wonderful job of Jughead. Cool. <laughs> Although I have to say, he is a more attractive Jughead than I ever imagined. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> Jughead as kind of the the emo uh, emo teen uh, was was not where I would have uh, imagined the character going. <laughs> But it, but it did make the character great because I mean what else would he have been than the dumb hamburger eating guy like come on <laughs> definitely definitely well and that's why Archie you know who was just a side character in this episode I'm curious to see what happens with him because is there more to Archie than just being did he even play? yeah guy. did he play on the football team even um, anyway I don't know like, so. Yeah, you're right. Those are great casting choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, it's definitely not going to be Archie's or Jughead's dad that did it. There's no way. But you know, you don't. Th- I think he did it. We saw the jacket at the end. S- sorry, <laughs> we saw the jacket at the end. <laughs> well, yeah. we the jacket of the kid that died was hanging up in Jughead's dad's house. <laughs> yeah, but there's per- there's a perfectly good explanation for that. Come on, Dave. We're wait. only halfway through the season. Okay, well, you're going to have to text me at the end because I don't know if I'm going to watch it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I, I do. And also, like, you know, Luke Perry was covering up for Jughead, right? Because he, he lied was, and forged which... a time card. But that it means he's doing what he always does, which is not cover up for Jughead, but cover up for Jughead's dad, FP. Yeah, but is it because he knows something even worse? Oh, that he did it. Yeah, yeah, like what if, okay, this is dumb, we're speculating having seen one episode and not knowing, <laughs> like we don't even know how Jason died, did he die in a car fire? Uh, you know how he died? How's that? Hashtag, uh, hashtag Polly Cooper killed my brother. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, there are some elements of, uh, and this this episode moved pretty quickly, but they're you're like, wait a minute, like she just tweeted it out and now... There's going to be a witch hunt on this girl, and the witch hunt goes away. Like it, it just yeah. reminds you of uh, how quick a TV show has to operate. Yeah, and it was a moment where it showed how out of touch with actual teenagers the writers are. Teenagers don't use Twitter. Come on, <laughs> Come on. only like late twenties and thirty year olds use Twitter. <laughs> hey man, it is really hard as a late twenty, early thirties to keep up with what the kids are doing. I know, I know, I've noticed. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, so that was another theme that I thought they were building in this, actually. Uh, not keeping up with the teens. But, um, <laughs> this idea of uh, rich kids, poor kids. They kind of had that, which which was another thing that, that echoed John Hughes to me, was mm-hmm. this, there were like two tiers of people. The like, the like uh, Betty and Veronica's, and then like the Archie's and the Jughead's. You know, like, because Betty and Veronica were both like pretty wealthy, I think. And Archie and Jughead were both not. Yeah. But they were all friends. Yeah, it 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 bridges that divide, but at the same time makes casual comments about it. Like there the comment about Jughead being a kid born on the wrong side of town, you know, and mm-hmm. and how both his dad and Archie's dad were blue collar workers. Although it it you get the impression that Archie's dad has made a bit more money out of it and is, you know, maybe a wealthy person as a result. Mm-hmm. It, it it It's one of those, I think, important teenage themes for writers who maybe... Was that your experience of teenagehood? I don't remember that at all, there being a divide between rich kids and poor kids. Yeah, I mean, I don't think so. But then again, I was 
always hanging out with the poor kids. <laughs> yeah, like this is this is maybe it. So maybe there really was, but I didn't. I don't. Know, I, I, I it, was, it didn't affect me, and I didn't really care about it or focus on it. Uh, but I'm sure it affected some people. I I mean I know, I know that it must, but like that's a that's a trope as as old as I mean, you know, it it it's one of those things that feels like a a casual shorthand as opposed to a lived experience of of that many people. Like yes, there are when when you're when you're of that age, you know, you know roughly where you fit in socioeconomically, although you wouldn't say it in that way. But you you know where you fit in, but I don't remember it ever really being an issue. But maybe that's coming from a bit more privilege. Yeah. Um, I guess I did have some some fairly wealthy friends because I remember going to friends' houses that were like, you know, one of my friends had an indoor swimming pool in his house. Yeah. But we were never like great friends. But I went to his house once or twice. <laughs> and so he was like kind of, I remember the feeling of like, wow, this guy's family is so rich. But it had no effect on our relationship. So I guess that's what this show is sort of showing. Yeah. 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 That kind of honesty uh, to how teenagers just kind of make friends with whoever happens to be around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which. <laughs> you just summed up uh, the human condition. <laughs> we all make friends with just uh, whoever happens to be around. <laughs> no, nothing like the Archie TV series to uh, make me do that. It's funny. I don't even want to call it Riverdale. It just it's the Archie TV show for me. Mm. You can you can call it whatever you want. Yeah, it's true. But everyone else will call it Riverdale. I think the big problem for me is that when I hear Riverdale, my brain goes, I would watch a show called Rivendale with the same premise <laughs> about elves and like not during not during the Lord of the Rings books, but like just elves hanging out in Rivendale having elf experiences. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> Just dealing with like you know the socioeconomic uh, divide amongst elves. Yeah, well, and living for forever, you know, like these are, but yet seniority matters and all this sort of. Yeah, and it's like you're the oldest elf, but hey, man, you're like two years older than me out of like two thousand years. That's not much. Come on. <laughs> uh, okay, all right. Last question for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you guess what my favorite line of the episode was? I mean, I almost thought that your favorite line would be hope is a word so close to home and just as tricky. Uh, sometimes oh, there's no. darkness. <laughs> what was it? Yeah, the old cliche. It's always darkest before the dawn, but sometimes there's just darkness. Um, <laughs> that was pretty close, but not my, not my favorite line. Okay, I'm going to say your favorite line was, I think she's crazier than a serial killer on bath salts. <laughs> no, that was your favorite line. <laughs> that was so dumb. It was such a dumb line. Yeah, like, it was so dumb and, almost, and like so topical to something that was so old. <laughs> it's, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Okay, what was your favorite line? My favorite line was, what is it? I mean, besides, besides everything. Because <laughs> <laughs> it summed up the entire feel of this, what we're watching this episode, which is like, they're dealing with their own issues, like their their relationship issues, or their uh, they're like um, yeah, they're they're fighting with their mom and all this sort of stuff, and and uh, Jughead's living in a janitor's closet and everything. But in the middle of all that, there's also the fact that there's this murder, and your sister's missing, and she's like pregnant, and all this stuff. Uh, but it's like, but what is it? 
I mean, besides everything else, but what is it right now? <laughs> like, there's so much going on. But he's concerned about this, like, emotional reaction she just had to something he said. Uh, that was my favorite. That was my favorite line. <laughs> it, it was definitely an honest line, for sure. Which, again, sums up the human condition. Oh, uh, there you go. There you go. All right, man. Uh, nice work. <laughs> <laughs> smooth ending there. Smooth. Nice work. All right, let's take it back a second. What is it? I mean, besides everything. And then you're supposed to say something. You're supposed to say something that ends the episode. Well, it was uh, good talking to you. Man, we are really terrible at endings. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, uh, uh, let's let's try an ending. Let's try an ending. Let's try one of this. Let's try one of this. Well, uh, I guess uh, you know what they say. My episodes are always darkest before the dawn. <laughs> I got nothing, man. Just say something to end it. Sometimes there's just darkness. But that's going to come out of nowhere in the middle of our conversation <laughs> if you just cut that in. Boom. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Here we go. I'm, I'm going to end it with this little bit. You know what was weird about the living in the janitor's closet thing? Uh, is that there was an episode of Community where Chang was living in the janitor's closet and acting like a detective in a film noir trying to solve the mystery. Mm-hmm. And I kept thinking of that Community episode watching this episode because it was totally a film noir with a guy who woke up in a janitor's closet. <laughs> the difference was he didn't actually try and solve anything. So what you're saying is that Archie's ripped off community. Yes. Cool. There's an ending somewhere in there. <laughs> Have fun editing the end of that one. <laughs> Next one off, Star Trek Discovery, Season 1, Episode 4. The Butcher's Knife Cares Not for the Lamb's Cry. Wait, are you recording? <laughs> now I'm recording. Oh, man, that would have been bad. That would have been bad.